The following episode contains major spoilers for a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition publication. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to another episode of Legend Lore, the podcast series where two Dungeon Masters flip through one Dungeons & Dragons book at a time, giving their insights on the pros and cons of the publication in question. I'm Dan, and with me today is my good friend, Brad. You're lucky. Hi, Brad. You're getting me today. And uh, today, I honestly, I, I think there's a reason, because today Absolutely. we are covering The Wild Beyond the Witchlight. This is your bullshit fae book. So this is course, the book I have been most looking forward to this year. Me, me too. So yeah. I, I have a feeling there's a there's a very specific reason you and I are on this. And yeah. Someone else. It's not that. an accident. No. Um, honestly, man, I I have been jiving for this book. For those of you who listen to the Legend Lord, uh, Legend Lord, Legend Lore for uh, Shadowfell Van Richten's, um, I desperately wanted a Feywild book before we got more Shadowfell books. I am one hundred percent there. Right? I've voiced my yeah oh we were actually in the discord talking about this thing yeah and 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 i was like man we just need a fey wild book like, and then I'm what sick oh, and tired of two days later they announced this oh yeah beyond that yeah right like you can it it, it was insanity i'm like i called it i'm yeah. i am clairvoyant yeah. I, yeah there's been so many people online calling for a fey wild book though it this has been wanting and waiting it's it, been overdue i would say it's overdue oh oh vastly overdue right i mean the only area in the dungeons and dragons sphere that is more criminally undersupported at this point in my opinion is the astral sea that is the only place i could think of maybe the ethereal plane underdark doesn't have as much as i would like uh this is true they've been trying to i guess it's an aftertaste in a few places but it's never really it is the focus of the out of the abyss campaign Oh, I forget that that even exists. A lot of people do. I actually, um, one of the things I've been meaning to do is I've got some camping holidays coming up here. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple books, like full-on Adventure Path modules. Yes. From when 5e first came out, when I was still neck deep in Pathfinder. Yes. Well, we were um, both. We were both neck deep in Pathfinder. Uh, that we just missed. Yep. Princes of the Apocalypse, Out of the Abyss, and Storm King's Thunder, I know next to nothing about. Or the Dragon Queen. Horde of the Dragon Queen I know a little bit about just yeah. because a lot of people play it as an intro campaign. Right. And that makes sense to me. But those three, I know next to nothing. Yeah. I'm so, with you. Out of the best to cover the Underdark, sure. Right. Yeah. But today we're not talking about the Underdark. No, we're not. We're, we're talking, talking about, about bright, colorful, wonderful Feywild. And it should be noted, I am a massive folklore and uh, uh, like the history's view on folklore, the yes. traditional view of fairies and trolls and uh, the stuff we inherit from our Celtic heritage, as well as the stuff we uh, have been next to with uh, Native American mm-hmm. um, mythology and lore and Norse mythology and lore. Like there are so many Germanic, Asian, everything, right? Like th- our species has always talked about the mystical and the wonderful and the Feywild, in my opinion, is Dungeons and Dragons trying to embrace that. And for so long, we got little tastes with like, you know, the weird Fey creatures we would get, but we never got a book about it. No. So Brad, real quick, let's 
uh, roll initiative here in honor of the Feywild. We have, uh, you don't see it, audio medium, but it's there. Imagine in your brain boxes that there is a orange and blue D20. As the leader, I will let you choose which color you're going to take. Oh, I'm, I'm Irish through and through. I got a red beard. Excellent. Grabbing the orange and dice. I'm Let's always go. happy with the blue. An 18 for me. An 11. Okay, Brad, what do you hope to see in this beautiful book? In this beautiful book, I want, absolutely, I want hags. Yeah. I want fairies. I want the magical. I want the mystical. Okay. I want puzzles and I want all sorts of fooling, all sorts of mind mind fuckery, basically. Cool. Yeah. I want to see fae shenanigans. I think that's, I think that's the big thing I want. I want to see pranks. I really want to see a focus on the unseely and not a focus, but at least a decent covering of the unseely and seely. We need some flavor on who they are, right? Right. I want to see some really interesting, unique combats and battles and some interesting approaches to social encounters. Yes. Because a lot of times a combat with a fae is a war of words. It is not a war of blades. If you have drawn blades against a fae, you are wrong. You you made a mistake. You've made a mistake and things are about to go horribly wrong. Now, to be completely honest, because of the Fey, you might not know what you did wrong. No. Right? You you said the word magic, and that's a cursed word, friend. Absolutely. Right? Yep. And, I mean, you're a wizard. Why would you not mention not, magic? Why would you not bring it up? Right? Okay. Uh, what are your concerns about the book? My concerns for the book, again, there's... We have to recognize that this is an adventure module, right? This is an adventure yeah. path. Yeah. This, so... And that concerns me as well. Yeah. Like, we got the Van Richten's DM supplement of... Shadowfell. Right. And I was like, I want something like that, just fey. And they're like, well, here's an adventure. So my concern is that there's not going to be enough monsters that I want from the fey. Okay. Because this isn't a monster manual. So there's not going to be as many as I would like, I have a feeling. Okay. And the other thing I'm concerned about is where are we going with new races and character options? Is there going to be a lot? And how are they going to be dealt with? Because... Tasha's has kind of turned things on its head. So we're, this is the first real book to come out since. Yeah. So I'm interested to see how they address it. I literally was standing in my, I, I managed to get off work early on release day for this book yeah. and was sitting inside of my friendly local gaming store. And I was like, Hey, I just came to pick up a couple of Witchlight," And they're like, Oh, it's, we just sent the guy out to go pick it up. We don't have them yet. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I was like, Oh, okay. Well, I'll just go grab a Furbolg mini and walk out. Yeah. And, uh, lo and behold, the only Furbolg minis, uh, made by WizKids that they had in stock were the Druid and the Ranger. And I'm playing a bard and yeah, not my flavor. No. So I'm like, all right, well. I'll just walk out. And then the other guy walks in. And he's like, no, literally this guy has, has the books. The books. Oh, so, that's good timing. So this this was the first. Ooh. The first uh, Wild Beyond the Witchlight book bought in the the Tri-Cities of and uh, British Columbia. Not, so. not just any copy either. Not just any copy. Um, I am a I am a sucker for variant covers. So I have the beautiful variant cover here. It is um, gorgeous. Look it up if you oh, haven't seen it. So good. the Displacer Beast. It's it's, it's gorgeous. It's, oh, so I good. love the Displacer Beast. Oh, that's because you like uh, cats with long tentacles. Anyways, so the other concern with this book, I'm sorry. The other concern <laughs> with this book is, uh, like you said, not enough monsters. I, I'm afraid there's not enough Feywild. Right. Mm. um, We've seen with things like Avernus that there was a good amount of Baldur's Gate in there. Yeah. But it still felt a little wanting. Um, I've since backed 
back on that opinion, having done a bigger dive into it. And there's a sufficient amount of Baldur's Gate in there. Yeah, there really I'm really is. hoping that this is going to be less Carnival, more Feywild. Yeah, I'm Because actually, we know that there's rules for Carnival. I'm excited about the Carnival, but I agree. I actually really like the fact that we're going to get some ideas for Carnivals. I'm also hoping that it's not like a Rakdos evil, like, let's have evil clowns. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I don't want a horror house of horror. I want a proper, like, family-friendly Carnival. Well, yeah. That least, you can then, the then you toss the horror right. into it, right? right? The, the, the fright and the terror of a Carnival is subtle. Yes. And and I want to see that here. I want to see at face level value, uh, valuation yeah. that it is a bright, happy, Absolutely. bring your kids and leave with good memories. Absolutely. Carnival. And come okay. back again. Okay. So here we go. We're going to roll the dice and then we're going to flip through the book. Perfect. Okay. If you haven't picked up by, on it by now with the previous Legend Lore episodes or just by the way we've been talking, we have actively stayed ignorant to a lot of what's in this book correct this is a first impressions and it's been killing me waiting to record this it's been killing me too man like it's the Feywild book i was going to devour this the second i got it it was my birthday so i'm like i want this yes and then i got a message saying hey you're covering the Feywild book don't read it i'm like but but why why (laughs) can't i read it and then record it okay so grab your orange and your blue dice all right let's roll this thing a 10 for me i got a 17 you get to start us off i get to start us off so Alternate cover. Yes. We're going to talk covers real quick here. Alternate cover with the uh, white, gold, uh, silvery uh, cover is just beautiful. This is probably one of the more beautiful books they've put out. Like, they uh, with the alternate cover, they always do a good job, but this one, to me, stands out. This one this one stands out, yeah. I, I really like it. And it does feature that Displacer Beast prominently. Yes, which, it does. Um, is an iconic D&D monster. Now, not just not- the Displacer Beast. There's a lot of, like, fairy wings and things like that around surrounding it, right? It yeah. Looks- yeah, it looks like stained glass It does. And and I'm I'm on board, man. I'm really it- on board. Back cover is this uh, beautiful-looking wander pendant thing. We don't know. I, yeah, we don't Maybe know. Maybe we'll find we'll out, find out hopefully in the minute. book. Um, you flip it over. Inside first page is a frog on a toadstool. We're dealing with the Feywild yeah, friends. Perfect. Um, he's writing a letter probably about how badass he is. Okay, so uh, going over the credits before we hit the contents here. Project lead on this book was Chris Perkins. That immediately gives me a lot of hope. Yep. Uh, Chris Perkins is one of the main guys at D&D. He's one of the main DMs at D&D. Correct. With Wizards of the Coast. So um, knowing his fingers have been the main fingers on this thing gives me a lot of hope for this book. Um, The other book, the uh, unalternate, the main cover. The default cover, (laughs) if you will. uh, focuses on the highlight of the carnival yes with that spice of fairy in there you see this like mm-hmm. weird panther creature with butterfly wings um as well as these two ominous figures which i'm assuming are somewhat important to you would assume so right uh they're like elves by the looks of it they both got their pointy ears okay so, excellent um funny little fey elves maybe now i like the fact that they're using the carnival because at the very least we know this is part of it and you're not really getting any spoilers from the cover. Yeah, exactly. And that's important, right? Yeah. It's time for the disclaimer. Oh, boy. Friends, I love if them. you don't know about it, the disclaimers in Wizards of the Coast Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition books are just, they're wonderful. I don't know who it is that writes these things, but uh, give them a raise. Anyways, disclaimer. I'm ready. Dare, I'm, I'm reading this verbatim. Okay. I, I, I have to. Would expect no less. Yeah. Disclaimer. Dare to take a step into the dark between the abyssum of time, which abyssum is that a word? Abyssum? Abyssum? Anyways. Know that Wizards of the Coast cannot be held responsible for those who enter the Feywild of their own accord. 
In the fairy realm, time gets twisted in knots. It might be months or years before you return to the real world. Enjoy an adventure while it lasts, and don't be surprised if you encounter a few friends and foes from old editions, well, I'm sorry, old editions lurking among the fae. So, full disclaimer, my introduction was Pathfinder. I'm not an old editions guy, so this is your orgasm. Yeah, uh, everybody should be happy that this is an audio medium because I'm excited. My socks are sticky. We're going to move on. (laughs) Brad, break down that book of contents. All right, let's go through the table of contents here. Let's hope there's fucking something. So, uh, table of contents, we start off with an introduction like we do in all adventure paths. That's pretty standard. And here you're going to get the summary of the adventure. You're going to get how to run the adventure, how to use the tools that are provided. Uh, you're actually going to get a list of Feywild trinkets, which we'll get into in a bit. But cool. that sounds exciting. You're going to get a list of backgrounds, two of them to be precise. We'll cool. get into those. Always backgrounds in these books. Two new races who we'll get into, but the fairy and the herringon. Character traits, so recommendations for characters within this campaign setting. And then beginning the adventure, how to get things going. Uh, then from there, we're going to dive into the first chapter of the actual adventure. Yeah, again, this is an adventure book. So the large share of this, I mean, yeah. spoiler warnings for the book, of course, because there will be some things that will matter to the campaign and the plot line that we will just have to discuss. But uh, ultimately, we are going to be attempting to avoid plot in this yes. as much as we can. Um, this setting is a, we will cover, but we're going to... Tr- we're here We're here for setting. We're here for additional rules. We're here Absolutely. for a DM. Would you run this? That's Absolutely. kind of our expectation here. Yeah. No, totally. The second we start getting into uh, the actual campaign, it's we're just going to be breezing over a bunch of things, yeah. pulling out what we... There will be light spoilers, but not... I don't think... We're going to try we're and We're not going to get too... Yeah, right? But so. again, spoiler warning. If you are a DM, listen. If you're a player... Clear it with your DM before you listen. Abs- yes, please do. So just a note as an adventure path, pages 22 through page 207. This is a big book. Yeah. This is a 253-page book. Ooh. Yes, right? that's a good. That's a good chunk for an yep. adventure module. But yeah, pages 22 to 207 are all part of this adventure. So there's there's a uh, lot 200 in pages here. of an adventure. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay. I'm down. I'm, I'm here. So chapter one starts with the Witchlight Carnival. We discussed this. We saw it on the cover. We knew this was coming based on everything that was leaked ahead of time. Cool. Uh, so there's instructions on how to run the tra- chapter. We're going to get introduced to who runs and owns the carnival. Uh, we're going to get listed uh, which light hands. Not sure what that is, but I'm sure we'll get into it. An overview of the carnival and how to bring it to life. Different locations within the carnival. So ticket booths, carousels, rides, games, things like that, who you might run into. Uh, and then carnival level events, which are going to be things that will happen within the setting of the carnival. So that is all the first chapter. That is going to page 54, so about 25 pages worth. Cool. Then we get the next, second chapter is called Hither. I like Is there a thither? There needs to be a hither and thither. Hither and thither. Yeah, chapter three is It's thither. actually there? Yes, it is. That's chapter three. Is there three. a yawn? Yes, there is. Hither, thither, and yawn? Yes, sir. Okay, I'm in love. I'm yeah. in love. All right. So chapter two is hither. We start at hither. Uh, again, how to run the chapter. We're getting overview of Prismere. Features of hither. We get arrival in hither. Locations within Hither, the downfall, so we'll cover that, uh, and then Barvlona's Cottage, so I guess a character will find out. So what I'm expecting, judging by the name of some of these subtitles, you have, they'll give you like a large area map. That's right, And yep. And they've been they've been really, really embracing the sandboxy atmosphere of mm-hmm. 5e with a lot of these adventure paths, 
So I have a feeling this is going to be one of those sandboxy, hey, we want to go to this cottage or we want to go to this uh, tree full of butterflies yeah. uh, or we want to go check out this weird panther creature with butterfly wings, right? Um, yeah, they're they're going to drop you in a region and let you explore yeah. and... For like, the DM, they're going to have a list of here's the things their players can see. And, and I, yeah, it's going to be like, a, is this an Aesop's? Is this mm. a Alice in Wonderland? Is this a, like, where, right. where, are, are we talking Hansel and Gretel? Like, what are we talking about for our fairy tale? Yeah. So, uh, okay, yeah. I'm here. All right. So, chapter three, we'll move on to Thither. So, again, same thing. Right in the chapter, features of it, where the lo- key locations are, and a key character. Cool. So, very similar form to uh, hither and thither, and then into yon. Again, same thing. What happens when you arrive? Where are you going to go? And then a character that you may run into, kind of a key figure within yon. And then the final chapter is Palace, Palace of the Heart's Desire, which, let's be honest, what's more fae than searching for the Heart's Desire? Exactly. Um, I just hope and a this palace isn't, dedicated to it. I just hope this isn't thirty pages of Dungeons and Dragons' new book of erotic fantasy. Oh, please no. <laughs> Hard pass. Yeah, hard pass. Oh, I am seeing a name here. I don't want to spoil, but has me very excited right at the end here. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. Are we'll, you seeing we'll, what I'm seeing? I, I I think I did. Yeah. yeah we'll, we'll get to it. I'm very excited. And then you have your appendices. Uh, magic items, different factions, creatures, and then some role-playing cards, which I think are interesting. I think they're probably to help drive your role-playing characters. Okay. Star frights, Stage Frights lines. I assume that's, again, related to story. We'll get to it. And then a story tracker. Which I took a quick glance at that. It's basically how to track your adventure, and I think it's a great idea. Oh, okay, so it, it, that's more like a DM tool. Than a player. De- very much a DM tool. Cool. Probably you could share with your players, but cool. I'll pass is, you back. Uh, is there an indices at all, or uh, I, you know, what? it doesn't say in the table of contents, but we can flip to the back of the book real quick and see if it's okay. there. Okay, well, we'll get there. We'll get there. With any one of these books, you're going to get your adventure summary, and you're going to get uh, um, notes of how to level your characters up. This campaign. Uh, it says starts at level one, mm-hmm. which is great. Yep, and takes them all the way up to maybe eighth level by the end of the campaign. That's a decent campaign. That's a decent little campaign. I think you could probably finish this uh, in what eight months before the next campaign book comes yeah, out. I have a feeling like they're doing a thing. There's there. definitely a thing. Um, if you've never run an adventure before, it gives you some advice on how to run the adventures, but uh, specifically this adventure and specific to this adventure. Um, I'm seeing here it's giving you an idea of eight and three. So when okay. you are running this specific adventure, hey, we're talking Feywild. Yeah. It's not good and evil. It's not black and white. It's, it's blue and orange. It's blue and orange. It's eight and three. Yes. Right? So eight and three are two very prime, uh, not prime, eight's not a prime number, but are very important numbers to the Fey. Yes. Um, and from what this says here, you need to highlights those numbers in very subtle ways. One of the ways it says here is characters who take a long rest in the Fey domain of Prismere. Okay, so we know Prismere is a domain. Yep. Cool. Might, without fail, be awakened by three songbirds at the end of the eighth hour. Okay, so there's your three and your eight. Your three and your eight, okay. Subtle, though. Your players aren't going to pick that up unless they keep noticing it over and over again. Yeah, and and listen to this Fey level of logic here. Eight is very symbolically important to the Fey, and this adventure plays with themes of time and nostalgia. Okay? Oh, I like that. So, the numeral eight resembles visually an hourglass. Welcome to the Fae. Yeah, of course. Right? Yeah. Why do we like eight? Because it looks, it like, looks like something. Like, yeah. Cool. Um, now, this, mes- of course, measures the passage of time and looks like the symbol of infinity turned on its side. 
Okay. Yay, we're the yeah. Fae. Yeah. Bullshit excuses. However, hidden within the number itself is the is number three. three. You get two threes. Right? Yep. There's there's two threes that are hugging. Three is one of the most important numbers in Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. Um, and it's looking like this book is starting to support this. The rule of three basically says that any events that have cosmic importance mm-hmm. um, or consequences often come to light in groups of three. So there's like three witches in a coven. I'm taking this straight from the blurb here. Time has a past, a present, and a future. Right, three components. Right. Okay. Um, and the it's saying that the domain of Prismere is divided into three splinter realms, which is hither, thither, and Hit, Okay. Okay. Yeah. So the number three. Hey, DMs. Let's step away from the Feywild book. We're five pages in. Why not? Step away from the Feywild book. Plan your campaigns in threes and eights. We mentioned in, I think it was a campaign builder episode, that um, Adam likes doing his prep by the eights and the sixteens. His lists by the eights and the sixteens. Because it is not a number our Western brains really focus on as a uh, foundational number. But it really can be. And if you get used to that idea of planning your campaigns in eights and threes... You'll, you'll look like a genius. Yeah. And you listen to us. So you are a genius. Anyways, we're going to keep going on. Um, this gives you an idea of how to use the interior maps as well as the story tracker, which looks like a note-keeping tool for the characters and their accomplishments for the DM. And this book, as you work your way through it, will give you notice of when to make notes of things that I could only assume at the end of the campaign will come to a head and then you know boons or ba- our, our uh punishments will be divvied out, out yeah, on your party on, based on that okay cool um gives you rules for a unicorn horn and where you come across it Ooh. apparently unicorn horn is going to be uh important in this campaign so excellent well, unicorns yay do, uh do you want to pull out maybe one of the locations on that table just an idea uh, sure i mean let's go here it was in the possession of sean the librarian Oh, Sean. Uh, it's always a Sean. It's always though. a Sean. And what's really funny is there's like 17 different ways to spell Sean. Absolutely. This is S-H-O-N. Oh. So it's none of the 17. None of the ones that you would go with. Now, this is a first that I've seen inside of any of these books. It gives you a tip for new d- dungeon masters. Oh, I like that. Okay. Now, this book is very much a, you know, about the fancy and and, and the fanciful, mm-hmm. right? So I could see this book drawing a lot of new DMs. Yeah. So I'm glad that this is in here. This kind of gives you idea of character options, what to do with the statistics, uh, how to read magic items, and exactly what abilities, strengths, weaknesses, uh, how dice work, um, as well as story information and role-playing aids. Oh, nice. Uh, it gives you all this kind of stuff. And friends, all DMs need to hear these words verbatim from the book, quoting from here. Dungeon masters are fallible just like everyone else, and even the most experienced DMs make mistakes. There's this little encouraging blurb. If you are a first-time DM, or you are a new DM, or you are just a not-confident DM, right? You kind of got thrust in that role by some asshole quitting a campaign. (laughs) No one at this table. (laughs) Brad. uh, I'm the asshole. But, like, realize that you are there to be a guider of the story, and you yeah. just kind of nudge the story along and let your players do a lot of the plot work, mm-hmm. right? Mistakes will happen. It's how you respond to them that will matter. And yes, and, right? Yeah. Always build on the story. Never take away. Okay, cool. Perfect. We're going to keep going. We got some Feywild trinkets here, y'all. 100 Feywild trinkets and... Ooh, let's right, roll for roll a couple? Absolutely, here, you know I do. 
Let's roll. Let's do two each. Okay. Okay. Let's roll for initiative. I got my. I, Sounds good. We got, got orange my... and blue dice. We got to roll initiative first. I got seventeen. I got a sixteen. You get to go first. Okay. Let's roll it. I got a forty-nine, which is a piece of parchment bearing a child's drawing of an oni. Oh, that's horrifying. I, uh, it's actually one and of funny the pictures enough, here, yeah. which is great. And yes, please. Yeah. A little bit of blue ogres. I'm, I like I'm it. I'm okay with it. All right. Let's see. I've got a 50. A 50. A tiny hourglass without any sand. Okay. So you have a broken yeah, piece of glass. A broken, yeah, basically. I got a six, which is a golden pendant charm shaped like a leprechaun. Ooh. Exciting. Oh. This All is right. going to be really, really nice for my Irish heritage. <laughs> I'm sure. A 45. 45. Um, so you got a bar of soap that smells like something memorable from your childhood. Ooh, you can mess with that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I like it. Ne- uh, and flavor. there's a hundred options I mean, here, right? they're just trinkets, right? They're not anything powerful. They're just... Dear DMs. Yes. Take Use these, them. Make them important. Absolutely. Okay. Um, you got a couple backgrounds. We will be covering backgrounds at length in a different episode on the regular podcast. So I'll just mention we have Fey Lost, which is basically your character grew up in the Fey Wild, depending on wherever you were from before that, right? Like right. Your character grew up, grew up there. alone in the Fey Wild. I lo- oh, alone in the Fey Wild. Yeah. Oh, that's so it gives you a little bit of stuff like that. Yeah. Including a Fey Mark, which is interesting. Ooh. Okay. Next, you get a Witch Light Hand, which is basically you are one of the the hands of the carnival. The Witch Light okay. is the carnival. Yep. A hand is somebody who is, you know, the setup and tear down. Crew, sure. Right? You're a carny. Um, funny enough, this is what my Furbolg, uh, oh, really? my Furbolg is. He is the hand of a carnival uh, that his family put together. Now there's a background to do it. So I'm going to be looking in depth at this Absolutely. for my, Good for my idea. Furbolg. Okay. Now we're on to some races. Uh, we have Fairy and Herring Gone. Again, we will be doing races deep in depth. But uh, a couple notes that we do need to mention here. Um, they are really embracing the new way of doing ASIs, which is basically choose one stat to put two in, one to put one in, or three to put one in. Right. Okay. This is for your fairies, which are small creatures. Not tiny. Not tiny. Interesting. So the same size potentially. Does it actually have a size range? Um, I mean, it, it does. It's, I, I don't know off the top of my head where that small range goes, but I think it's like house cat up to, um, preteen. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, that level. yeah, your halflings are small size, right? Yeah. So you kind of consider them almost as big as a dwarf who's small. Well, a dwarf is medium. Or sorry, is medium. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. But I mean, dwarf is not only shorter, but is also. Stouter. Stouter. Yes. yes. Good way of putting that. So um, we, we, but do, do we have an actual size here for the fairy or is we, it just listed as small? Does um, it give you a range? Sometimes yeah, they do. With the focus on inclusivity that they're doing with D&D, things like height become a choice rather than right. dictated for you in the character. I always stats. liked having a range, Feel but I understand. Will, yeah. Right. I liked having a range as well, but they don't have that here. Okay. Fair we enough. We have small and player characters, regardless of race, typically fall into the same ranges of height and weight. That humans have in our world. If you'd like to determine your character's height or weight randomly, consult the random height and weight table in the player's handbook. Yeah, okay. That's what that says. Okay. Um, so, fairies are small. Yes, they have wings. Herringon are bunny folk. Rabbit folk, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you really want to do your, uh, what is it, uh, Redwall? Redwall, yeah. Yeah. Uh, campaign might not be the flavor you're looking for. Or your for. Alice in Wonderland. Or your Alice in Wonderland, yep. Um, and again... Herringon can be medium or small. Okay, interesting. Okay, 
So it gives you a little bit of, of choice. So you actually have a choice in your size category yeah. as well, um, which has mechanical implications, which is interesting. Exactly. So does it give you a move distance then? It does. You move 30 feet. Regardless of your size. Medium or small. Interesting. Okay. Now, I mean, Herring Gone are designed to be quick and speedy. Yeah, I mean, well, which um, is why it's also 30 feet almost But seems... even, even Faye, uh, sorry, even the fairy, fairy are small. Yeah. Straight up, they have to be small. Um, 30 feet. But their walking speed is 30 feet. Standard. Do they have a fly speed? They do. Equal to your walking yeah, speed. Yeah, okay. Makes sense. Wings on player characters bother me as a DM. As They've always who... been like a stickler point, uh, point for me. So I, As a DM who is dumb enough to allow an Aarakroker monk in his campaign. Yeah. Yeah. Please, players, don't do this to your DM. Or, it is not or, kind. Or make sure your DM is well aware of what you are doing. Absolutely. Right? Okay. Moving on. We have some additional character traits for your backgrounds. Always like those. Backgrounds are by design editable yes so when you're building your character which is first level for this campaign reminder look at these absolutely find a way to put these in find a way to put some at least some of it one of the traits ideals bonds or flaws into your character something here absolutely you want to have some sort of tie to the fey with this campaign yeah um and then it talks about how to start the campaign right here with beginning the adventure and this gives you a few different ways to bring your party into the campaign. So we have a Lost Things or a Warlock's Quest, um, which bring you there, as well as straight up just giving you a letter to the carnival, like an invitation. Next here, friends, you are about to play a Feywild book. Yes. Okay? You are rolling up a character, and you go, Feywild, I know what I'll be, a Warlock of the Archfey. Yes. DMs, you go, shit, now I have to think of a patron for Fey. In this world and not have it mess up well guess what they've done the work for you there's actually a little blurb here that says if you are playing if one of your players has a arch fey patron mm-hmm. as a warlock and why wouldn't players, and why wouldn't you, please do one of you have. somebody in the party should be doing this yeah straight up tells you who to choose and they are a prominent feature in this book excellent okay next hey bullshit fantasy words need a pronunciation guide so we get a pronunciation yes they guide. do uh let's let's go here um Igwilv. Oh. Uh-huh. Oh. Uh-huh. No. Uh-huh. Um, that was the name you saw. Right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Your hair in gone for specifically how okay. to pronounce that. Hair in gone. Okay, so there is a lot of Gaelic yes. influence in terms of spelling. So there's one here that's uh Dovergal or Dovergale. Well the, the pronunciation's right and, there. Get it right, Dan. Yeah, Dovergale. <laughs> and it's dove with a BH for the V sound. Yes. So pronunciation guide it's gaelic if you need inspiration for character yes. names as well so go for it hey look chapter one the Ooh. witch light carnival all right so we're gonna dive right in with the witch light carnival right from the start we see on the cover we know it's coming there's some beautiful artwork of some horses with fairy wings pulling carnival wagons cool beautiful uh it starts with a mysterious benefactor very cool i assume you're gonna meet them pretty quickly in fact their name is right here well, it's Mr. Witch and Mr. Light. We don't know that yet, but we will figure that out yeah, here. Yeah. We also get a carnival map and some instructions on how to track time. Because when you're dealing with the Fae... The time's important. This cool. is important. Again, and a D8 is involved in that. There's your eights and threes. Fantastic. This could be something that you pull from this to use in your homebrew campaigns. Exactly. Yeah. So th- there's things that are expected to happen within the first eight hours of the campaign. Cool. So Sorry. it gives you... Of a- the... Of the s- Eight hours of the in-game time. Yeah, cool. So it kind of gives you a rundown of what exactly. to... Yeah. What to, how to keep your story moving forward at the start. Uh, tracking mood, which is really interesting. And then here we got some information. We talked about Witch and Light. So there's an hourglass pact 
When the hags of the hourglass coven took control of Prismere, they gained leverage over Mr. Witch and Mr. Light. Um, and so basically this is how they're being controlled or okay. domineered over by the hags, right? They are at the beck and call of these hags, which, because why not? Yeah. Um, so yeah, again, here are the car- carnival owners, again, Mr. Witch and Mr. Light, which is a matter of fact and devoid of presence and light is flamboyant and coy. Okay. So one is all business. One is, is a jester. Yes. Cool. Exactly. So it'll break down who they are. gives you some more information. In fact, you even get a stat block for both of them. Cool. Here. Um, and some character art, which, again, you see a Joker or a Harlequin, basically, for Mr. Light. And Mr. Witch looks like Ebenezer Scrooge. Sure. Yeah. I think that's a fair description. Nice top, top description. Hat. Yeah. Lovely top hat. In a now, r- now, are they elves? Carnation. There you go. Right in there. Shatter Kai for Mr. Light. Shatter Kai. Uh, both are Shatter Kai, actually. Okay. Uh, and both chaotic good. Interestingly so, enough. So both, both the gloomy Shadowfell elves. From the art, I might have thought they looked more... Almost as drow like. Okay. Well, I mean, the, um, but the Shattered Shattered Kai, the drow, again, that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, the art does reflect that. Cool. Interestingly, they're both really are listed as chaotic good, which you have one who's business. You would think maybe more lawful, but I guess Shattered Kai, you could uh, yeah, go but chaotic. They also serve a coven of chaotic. True. And they're running a carnival. Let's. Yeah. Yeah. So, actually, a lot of information. And then, which light hand? So, you got some information. You talked about how yours is a carnival hand. Yeah. You actually get a stat block for the hands of yeah, the, the carnival witch, here. Yeah, the witch light hand is not like a hand. That no, is... these are the people who are serving as your duty staff. Yeah, for your... yeah. it's a laborer. Exactly. Uh, and we go into an overview of the carnival. So uh, etiquette, there's a t- chart here actually of how to bring it to life with some scenes that people might run into. Okay, cool. For example, a giant dragonfly swoops overhead and its rider spills a drink over a group of witch light hands. Cool, yeah. All right, so just stuff like that, some flavor. Uh, wandering outsiders, so there's some people wandering through the carnival who are not part of it. Not well, just, just some additional people, right? Exactly. People you'll run into. Beautiful map. Absolutely beautiful map of the Witch Lake Carnival itself. It looks like a pamphlet that you would get at like the info booth for a it carnival. Feel, yes. Or Disneyland even. It's yeah. almost Disney-esque. Thieves of the Coven. So there is a coven in here that, uh, again, these are part of the people who you'll find wandering through. Carnival locations. I'm not going to go through all of them, but just a taste of what you might come across. Sure. Uh, ticket booth, obviously. That's a given. A big top, obviously. And um, it gives you some acts of like the things that you could see at, in the big top. Correct. Yes. There's yeah. a table of that. Um, costumes, things like that as well. Uh, you'll see a carousel because, of course, that's fantastic. A riddle of the carousel as well. I'm not going to give anything away there, but cool. very interesting. Uh, we get a treant sapling here with some stat block that okay. is going to be wandering around by the look of it. Dragonfly rides, a feasting orchard. There's all sorts of stuff going on in here. Oh, some art of Elowick Tumblestrom, which I believe is... He's a gnome bard. And a magic card, I yeah, believe. Well, yeah, yeah. So something that's existing in existing lore. Yep. But yeah, all sorts of just cool things. A Hall of Illusions, right? That sounds very interesting. This gives you a really fleshed out carnival Absolutely, that you Absolutely, the can... things that you'll run into across yeah, it, right? Yeah, and like if... Like with Death House, like with all of these other campaigns we've had up to this point, that first chunk of pages, they kind of make their own thing to pull out to use in homebrew games, right? Absolutely. This this is a traveling carnival. Yeah. Right? If you have that as a feature in your campaigns, use this. Yes, Right? Change some names, add some of your own special fairy dust, and move on. 
Um, interestingly, a section for missing childs, like that's flavorful as hell oh. to toss into something like this. Yeah, as someone who's lost their kid at a carnival once, that's that's yeah. terrifying. Oh, some notes on how to use. Here's where you're going to use the story tracker for the first time. Okay, so, cool. Again, it calls it out to you as a DM. Yeah, good to know. So you're going to let your you're going to let your players when you walk in here, you're going to let them just kind of wander around and experience the carnival. Absolutely, cool, man. I'm on board. And there's game like all sorts of games, rides, snail a racing, cyclops. Yes. Yes. Saw a picture of a Cyclops. Uh, yeah. Outstare the Cyclops is one of the games. Outstare the Cyclops. Yeah. Good luck. Did you get upset? He's like, he, I, he, this guy blinked. No, I didn't. I winked. Snail races. Fantastic. Because that's something you can import into your other games. There's so much. You know what I love about snail races? The never ending story had that one dude who rides a racing snail. Yeah. Oh, that brings that that's a that's, that's a very comfortable spot it said it was gonna pull on nostalgia i think yeah. that's part of it right and so that's kind of some of them and then we go into carnival events things that can happen right bumping into mr witch and mr light i yeah i think um, i think the campaign finally really gets going when you f- meet, meet mr them. witch and mr light so Correct. like go experience the carnival walk around don't let your players meet these two until they have to meet absolutely them, right yeah like when you start feeling that like low point, like when people your players are, like, are starting okay, to lose well, interest in the carnival, running right? out of things to do, Give then you yeah. absolutely, yeah, maybe let them catch a glimpse of them or even just a quick high as they walk by. Those are the big tops. They're probably yeah. involved. In absolutely, that I see something about a heist in here again. Don't want to spoil too much, but there's tons of oh, kettle steam the Kenku. So his name I've seen quite a few times. There's a stop block for him. Uh, Warlock Kenku. So interesting. Fantastic. So, lots of things to meet. And then, again, we talked earlier, there's timed events. So, at the one-hour mark, something's going to happen. At the four-hour mark, something's going to happen. And at the eight-hour mark, something else is going to happen. So, there is some sort of drive, right? So, it's not endless. Uh, Through the Looking Glass is a great name for a chap or little title there. And then... There's your Alice in Wonderland. And that is our entrance into... Hither. Now, Hither is ruled by one of the hags that we come across. Mm -hmm. Again, the rule of threes. So each of these Hither, Thither, and Yawns are going to be ruled by one of the hags, I assume at this point, with uh, each one kind of having to solve each aspect of this coven before you move on. Gives you some ideas of how to navigate Hither, which... It seems like a balloon, a hot air balloon. It'd be more interesting if it was a house dropped on. Oh, that might happen later. <laughs> but yeah, so. But that's uh, very cool. Hither is, a, uh, you actually get Again, a big another, map here. There of, are maps in this. I love the art of this book. Yeah, you get a big map of Hither, Thither, and Yawn, the three realms. Oh, interesting. Um, here, and Hither looks like your traditional, like, not happy-go-lucky, like, Disney fairy tale, yeah. fey wild. This looks more like your traditional Irish picture. Am of, I seeing like, mazes? It's upside you're, down. To you're me. seeing a yeah. You're seeing a maze. You're seeing all sorts like a leaning tower, and there's a bunch of cool stuff here. Anyways, Very we're cool. gonna keep going here. Um, this gives you some ideas on how to run Prismere as these three kind of realms although the coven are united they it looks maybe have some conflict with each other there is also some rules of conduct for this domain the entire domain so not just the regions but the whole domain so we are definitely in the working in a domain of the fey wild just like we saw barovia is a domain of the shadow sure so this gives you some idea of uh who you're going to come across as you flip through you get children of uh prismere and transforming of the of prismere as with all things fey the world is alive yes so as time progresses 
the world around you will change notably. Yeah. This gives you a guide on how to do it. Gives you an idea of how to handle death in, in the domain, as well as how to get food in the domain. Oh, interesting. Okay? Your ranger so, will want to know this. Right? Like uh, three gingerbread cookies shaped like elves and uh, stacked on a wooden plate are things you could find in the wild. I'm thinking Horizon Lock and Ranger all the time. Oh, yeah. Suddenly. Yeah, there's there's a bunch of different options there. As well as some of the features of the swamp waters of Hither, including high water features and low water features for the swamp. I'm thinking like the Swamp of Sorrows from, uh, again, Never Ending Story. Oh, see, I went Shrek. Oh, of course you did. There's the O-Wells. Oh, <laughs> Which are magical wells. Did uh, they consult Adam for his titles? <laughs> bum, 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 wow. However, there are a bunch of will-o'-wisps arriving in, uh, around those. So there is uh, stat blocks of what to do when you're in Hither. We now have a bigger map of what to expect with Hither, including a balloon crash, a swamp at the end, the inn at the end of the road, which is up on stilts in a swamp. Are so, they walking stilts? I don't know. But there is a stilt walker. Mm, they're oh, right there, perfect. Right there, which is a uh, that is horrifying, horrifying creature. But it's a hobgoblin. That's a hobgoblin. That is a hobgoblin. Well, I'll be damned. Yeah, stilt walkers advance. The characters recognize them as six hobgoblins in a trench coat, wearing stilts <laughs> on their hands. Yes. Yeah. All okay. right. Moving through. Uh, and like with before. There are several fun locations that your characters can explore. Again, they've embraced the uh, sandboxy bit of this. Um, there is a creature here named Sir Talavar, somebody who is a Pets. violent fairy dragon. I was going to say, somebody called Pepperina. Yeah, uh, so this is dragons. a... And gives you a breakdown of a fight between him and someone named Wigglewog. We got Telemi Hill, um, which is another one of those locations, which has a bunch of things you could do, as well as encounter a notorious brigand in Prismere, who is one of the Herringon. Okay. okay. Finally, you get to Downfall, which I have a feeling is where a lot of the uh, story of Heather is going to be found. Um, this is where you will find the Hag Bavlorna. Okay. okay. There are a bunch of bullywugs that keep this area of the swamp, um, call it home, as well as some swamp gas hot air balloons, basically. Oh, interesting. That you can ride. There's another stat block for a Clapperclaw the Scarecrow, which looks like a small crab scarecrow. Interesting. As well as some really fanciful bullywugs. It looks I'm like the Queen of Hearts. I'm loving these guys. King Gullop the 19th and Friends. X-I-X. X-I-X is 19th. 19th, yes, sir. yeah. And Friends. Cool. He is looking very much Queen of Hearts, though, with that frill. There's also a small alligator oh. with a frill around his Just neck. Just need some Loki horns. Yeah. Ultimately, you get into Bevlorna's Cottage, which is a fully mapped out... Oh, wow. Um, ...evil witch's cottage. Beautiful map again. Like, yeah. the art in this is just outstanding. Featuring a, taxid a taxidermy's workshop and a study. And from Bevlorna's house, you go from hither to thither. So hither was a big-ass swamp. Thither Thither is like a... Jungle. Uh, we're starting off with actually a massive, almost ant-like tree with a house on its back in the art. And a Displacer Beast kitten. Just a little baby Displacer Beast. That's adorable. Oh, please give you're, me stats for Displacer Beast kitten. Your pl players will 100% uh, want to adopt it. We'll see if we find give, a stat give me block. St I, I promise you, nothing. They give you one really cute thing in every single book. Yes. I'm hoping this is our I'm cute thing. I'm hoping this is it as yeah. well. I'm with you. Um, okay, so we're, again, same things. We're going to go through kind of the same layout. You're going to get an introduction to what Thither is, as well as how to already move to Yawn within the first page. 
Okay, cool. So again, just so that you're looking ahead as a DM as you're preparing this section of the module. With yeah. with the way that they lay these things out, you could really see that they're trying to keep the workload for the DM light yes. as well. You need to know certain plot points, but every single section is quite removed, yeah. right? Being a demi-plane. So um, I really like the fact that they're like, okay, your party's now in Hither for the next couple weeks. Just yeah. master Hither. Worry about Thither and Yon later. Exactly. And cool. so now we're into Thither. Here's what you need to know. And should this happen, you'll probably want to transition to Yon. Yeah. All right. So we have some fairy rings already um, as part of the description. Uh, you're going to come across some wanted posters by the look of it. And there's a lot of people who are wanted by the look of it. There's a D8 table. In fact, cool. as to which... Uh, with rewards? With rewards for them as well. Yes, awesome. correct. So there's an offer and a reward. So throughout the book, there's going to be little sections in purple that they actually... No, those the, are the ones you read. The yeah. DM reads verbatim. This is standard for adventure modules, but should you not have run one in the past, that's what you can expect. Then we come right into a random encounter table. I'm seeing blink dogs. Nice. Fantastic. Centaur. Centaur. Pixies. Grandfather tree. Owlbears. Wait a minute, what's an owlbear and, and chariot? chariot? Yes, sir. We have a beautiful map here. Again, we mentioned jungle, foresty. It's looking very overgrown, very green. Cool. Uh, map of thither. And even a scale, actually, in how this many miles. This is going your, going to be your traditional Feywell. Like, we had a swamp with hither. Yes. Thither looks like your traditional heavily wooded Feywell. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Here is your owlbear with a chariot art. And then some uh, locations of interest. Again, more of these purple sections for things you should read out when your players arrive. But again, really fleshing out the world. Here's your Displacer Beast Kitten. They give us a stat They stat give block. us a stat block. You do get it. Cool. And it's adorable. Has six legs? Has six legs. Yes, sir. Um, yeah. So Cool. Yeah. So we're going to keep going. It's just more of, this, more of the locations, who you'll run into in the locations within Thither. Um, Squirt the Oil Can is one of them. Is it an animated oil can? Yes, sir. Cool. It so we're going to get construct. some Wizard of Oz. We we're are. We're going to get some Wizard of Oz in here, too. Very much so. We've got some uh, unicorns, both physical and ethereal by the look of it, in the art. Um, there's a section here, double, double toil and trouble. This is a highlighted section. Okay. So, uh, this section, uh, talks about how, depending on what happens within Hither, what happens with the sister of the, or the second hang in the coven depends on that. So, okay. So this book is about fighting a coven. Correct, yes. Cool, yeah. So we're already into the second peg of the coven within this. Oh, we got a little uh, jack-in-the-box here with what looks like a dragon inside almost. Uh, we got a list of lost children. Again, yep. They're where good. they're located and some notes about them as well. Okay. So there's a lot here. Um, Loom Lurch is one of the major towns within Thither. So you'll come across that. There's a goblin market in it. All sorts of things going on there. Again, more locations, how to explore the city. Ooh, a flying rocking horse. We have a stat block for and that. And rules on unique mushrooms. Yeah, so rules about the mushrooms. So And some artwork of what they'll look cool. like. Ooh, mis- magical portrait of Tasha. All right. I mean, we mentioned, for those who don't know. Igwiliv is Tasha from yes. Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. Yes. The, so, and, and is a witch who is a part of a coven. So correct. fits the theme. Very much. But we're getting some canon lore about her within this book. Yes, please. Fantastic. Uh, we have kind of like a miniature dungeon here within the town. And then ending from the look of it with a giant spider. Uh, lots of strange creatures. So, yeah. It, is that a giant spider with a bunch of cats in front of it? Uh, all sorts of forest creatures. There's a badger, a fox, some rabbits, some fairies, and it is reading to them from a storybook. Feywild bullshit. I'm on board. Yes. All right. So now we'll move on to Yawn. Finally, Endolin Moongrave, who's the dame of unhappy endings. Oh, lovely. Rules over 
Yawn. Yawn is the third area of Prismere. It is... The art is very much darker. It's it's very... It's the dark and spooky. So this would be yeah. like the Unseelie section. Yes. Right? Thunderbolts and lightning. So this is where you'll get like... Uh, there are straight up lightning rods. Cool. That are erected throughout the place. Um, and going with the arrival in the dark theme, uh, you're immediately met with a awakened... Sentient dandelion? And its pet bee. Cool. Named... Polinella. Oh, it's so fair. I love it. Just gonna move past that. You get some uh, random encounters in Yawn as well as Awakened Giant Goats. Fantastic. Um, A lot of this looks mountainy and craggy. There's weird, like, rocky outcroppings everywhere. This very much is the night side Mm -hmm. of the Fey world. Dark and spooky. Dark and spooky. We have a Cyclops beekeeper? Beekeeper. Huh. Well, one, an evil kite. Lovely. I'm yep. assuming the flying thing, not a bird. Athena, an unhappy goblin child in overalls, flies a kite on a blustery plateau. We'll just move on. Um, oh, there's so much good stuff in here. Now we're getting into some weird level of like old Celtic mm-hmm. Fey stuff. We got some Briganox and Korids. Okay. Okay. Uh, Briganox are uh, a Fey creature that live in Yon and Korids serve also. Okay. Yeah. And Korids are those weird Fey that like love hair. We're moving on. We have some Grey Hawks. <laughs> which are actors who were transformed into Grey Hawks. Okay. By Tasha. Yes. Way back when. Tasha, I have a feeling, plays a bigger role in this than we're seeing. This one feels very much uh, more linear than the other realms were. You get a little detail here about Wish Come True, which is a city which all the Briganocks come from. Um, and it is hidden deep below the mountains. There's a Briganock standing in its home, which is on the back of a horse. So you now know the scale to which Briganocks yes, are. They're very small. They're very small. This gives you an idea of uh, Endolin, who is the uh, other fae, moves throughout the realm, uh, throughout Yon, and gives yeah. you an idea of where she is throughout the day. Okay. Depending on where your characters go, they might just encounter the hag as they Interesting. go. Interesting. Okay. It gives you an idea of Motherhorn, which is the Matterhorn. No, it's the large castle that houses the Hag. What we see here is that you have to perform a play for Endolin. Oh, she is foreseeing your arrival, and yep. she wants you to perform a play for her. So you are basically at the behest of an evil Hag, chosen to perform to perform in a pageant or a play of some sort. Don't know exactly all the details. But uh, throughout all of Motherhorn, which is this castle that she calls home, there are a series of rooms and places where you could get items for your play. Interesting. And there is a lot in Motherhorn. You're going to be spending most of your time, I have a feeling, in Motherhorn. There's a, a room full of creepy marionettes and weird ornithopter of flying. Flying machine. A little It's a flying machine. And then you leave Yawn after you perform your little play and defeat Endolin. Ooh, excellent. And that brings us to what we were calling the Palace of Heart's Desire. So this is the final chapter of the actual campaign. And right here we get a big basically block of text about Igwilv the Witch Queen, who we know as Tasha. Okay, we're not going to cover too much on her because it's looking like this is the last chapter. There's now a big breakdown for it. Yes, her. we're going to try and avoid any. We're going to try to avoid spoilers story. specifically for her, but geez. Okay. That is a big that one. That makes me so happy. That is a massive spoiler. As a Greyhawk fan, having her play such a major role yes. really, really warms my heart. I mean, we, we've seen Mordekainen. We've seen, yes. we've seen that stuff like that 
around. Um, but yeah, so you get a map of the Palace of Heart's Desire, which is the palace here. This is kind of your main setting. Again, rooms upon rooms upon rooms. This is where you'll spend the entire final chapter here. Seeing lots of cool art, different creatures you're going to come around called thinnings. A bloody beak, which looks hor. Oh, that is a... Col- that's a giant... No, that's no, no. That's a colossal barn owl. Colossal barn owl chasing a jabberwock. Oh, jabberwocks are in this. Jabberwocks are in it. I'm happy. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and a little blurb about the Jabberwock. Uh, some more characters who you're going to meet along the way without spoiling too much. There's a glasswork golem. Another level of the Palace of Heart's Desire. We get another map. This thing is absolutely massive. You're going to spend a ton of time here. And then we get a stat block for Tasha. And it is a big stat block. No surprising with legendary actions. As we should. As we should. We yeah. should expect one from... What is clearly going to be your big bad of this campaign? Maybe, Maybe. I'm, I'm getting right? the feeling. I mean, well, no. I uh, here's the thing. What's CR or she? We'll, we'll, we'll CR. Uh, let me just find it here. She's twenty. CR twenty. Twenty. You go to level eight in this campaign. She's not the big She's, bad. No. A bunch of level eight like upstarts aren't going to take down Tasha. But she might. Uh, she might be the end goal. Like she awakening her. Or that's something. true as well. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, we get her stat block, and then from there we get kind of wrapping up the campaign. And we move into the appendices. First of the appendices are some magic items. We get a bobbing lily pad. But There's a cloak of many fashions. There's a dread helm, which makes your eyes glow. I think the dread helm and that kind of stuff is in Xanathar's. Some oh, of the stuff might testimony. seem... Yeah. So, uh, might uh, be familiar. But yeah, anyways... But like your eyes glow yeah. when you wear the helmet. You're not expected to necessarily have that book, so they're going to put it here. Dust of Corrosion, Eldritch Staff, which is a very rare staff, which your everybody will want to use. Um, gives you a, an attack as well as a uh, get out of jail free as a reaction card. Ooh. Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, you get a witch's cauldron, specifically Igwilv's cauldron, Ooh. specifically Tasha's cauldron. Um, of which everything? Is a, it changes its function. I would like to point out, this is an item that has the lion's share of three pages devoted to it. That's on brand. That's massive. Because it changes shape. It's got a gold version, so, a, a gold version, and an iron version. Are we expecting the players to get their hands on this? I think you will interact with it. I have a feeling this is not mm-hmm. something you get. Get, yeah. There is a poem that is listed called The Witch Queen's Cauldron. And it is an incantation that hints at the time-freezing property of the artifact. So, yes, we will be dealing with this cauldron. You get an instrument of scribing, which is a musical instrument that lets you write languages. Orb of Direction. You're getting a lot of fun little magical items in here. Which you would expect from the Feywild. Yeah. All uh, sorts of, like, not necessarily powerful, but useful. Scissors of Shadow Snipping, if you want to cut someone's shadow off. Peter Pan. Yep, uh, which is a thing. Uh, the Fae hate those people. If you don't have a shadow, you are shamed in Fae lore. Okay. Okay? And a, a creature to be feared. Good okay? to know. Um, you, pixie dust, because you got to yes. have it. Um, uh, Snickersnack. <laughs> you get Snickersnack, which is cool. Uh, Snickersnack is... You're a, not yourself when you're hungry. Snickersnack is a plus three great sword that is also Vorpal. Ooh, Vorpal. Yes. That's always a fun addition. Which, if you roll a natural 20, you cut their head off. And mm-hmm. if they need a head to live, they're dead. Hence what right. Vorpal does yes. now. There's a talking That's doll. horrifying. There's another... Uh, Hello, Chucky. Yeah. There's another magical longsword uh, named Steel, which can uh, cast Revivify from the sword. Ooh. A Wand of Scowls and a Wand of Smiles. Those are... Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm, I'm thinking some of these things are from Xanathar's. Just yes. Here. Yeah, those sound familiar. Um, and then we're on to some of the factions. 
So within any good adventure path, you're going to run into different factions who rule different parts of the region. Yep. What's our first one? So our first one is the Hourglass Coven. Huh. So okay. what a coincidence. We have our big bad guys. Yes. Here's where they're statted up. Ooh, we get some art and the stat blocks for the three hags. And based on their art, you can kind of tell where maybe they're coming from. Uh, so yeah, we have stat block for Bavlorna. We have a stat block for Which is Ed. in Hither. In Endolin. Which is in Yawn. And then Scabatha. Which is, is in, in Thither. Okay. So, anyways, they're kind of out of order. It's uh, alphabetical order. Oh, okay. Them. That's why it's in that order. Uh, we have the League of Malevolence. I didn't read anything about these guys in there. No, it must have been in there, but yeah, I don't recall anything. Uh, there's a sorcerer, Kalak, who founded them. Okay. And there are five members of the League, and you get the stat blocks for all five of them. And they all kind of fill out those party rules? Yes. Yeah. Just assassin. Evil. Yeah. Uh, Valor's Call. So we kind of noticed earlier there's an evil party and a good party. Yeah. I think that was the evil party. This is our good party, the Valor's Call. Uh, and that's the list of factions. So we're going dive to dive into some of the unique creatures. Unique creatures. Now, some of these are going to probably be reprints, let's be honest. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. As we saw with some of the items, we got some of those Xanathar's things in there. Mm-hmm. We're going to have that here. And you start off with one, with the Boggle. Yeah. Boggles are weird little tar fey, Yeah. Right? They've got this uh, weird ability where they go through the oil puddles and they kind of teleport teleport through yeah. them yeah next you have your brigonox which are incredibly tiny fey that are usually they're they're like you know the stories you get like the elves that fix the cobbler's shoes yeah. like those things those are brigonox right they're not elves they're elves in the umbrella term yes. sense. not elves as in the elven elven right yeah. so like the brigonox so if if someone makes a wish of non-magical mm-hmm. round like i really wish to start a business or i wish to mine that right. whatever that is right they'll come in and bring the guys who are going to be doing it sure really really cool they're new um fun little stat block cr8 okay good um we have <laughs> so glad we've done the mob episodes we have some new bullywugs <laughs> oh. we have a campestris which is a goofy looking mushroom yeah it is with a face Happy-go-lucky mushroom-like creatures with few cares or worries. Lick one. Tell me how it goes. Be a magical experience. Uh, next, you have Darklings. It would be your unseelie fey. Well, sort of. So these are formerly seelie fey who betrayed the seelie yes. court and right. are now something called Darklings. We got a, dry, a giant dragonfly, which is a large mountable dragonfly. And a giant snail, which is a large mountable snail. Excellent. Which moves 10 feet around. Yep. We mentioned the giant snail races, so that's probably why they have a stat block here. Yep. Not to say that you won't come across them elsewhere. We have some Herringon stat blocks okay. as well yep. uh, to give us options outside of the some player Herringon race. NPCs options. And a Jabberwock, which is a dragon type. It is officially a dragon. It okay. is officially a dragon. We got your hair-loving Coreds, your living dolls, oh, and God. your ooh Quicklings, which move 120 feet around. Yikes. Um, red caps we've seen oh, before. Salonian yep. um, twins. Ooh. Uh, which are our final thing, which are elves that are gleaming gl- specific. They're acrobats. So, okay, so these aren't just any random. These acrobats are, and actors, yeah. These are named. These are named. So they're gleam and glister. Okay. And they are like moon and sun themed yep. twins. Which, as a dad of twins, I appreciate. And we'll probably come across them at the carnival. Next thing. Okay, so we have some role-playing cards here. And there's basically what these are is how to role-play different NPCs that you're going to find. So these are all like these named special ones? Exactly. So um, That's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. So let's just pick... I'm going to pick one here at random. Burly the Bugbear. Okay. Okay. 
So it's, uh, you're, it tells you when you're going to meet them or where. Okay. So in this case, you're going to meet him in Chapter 1, The Witchlight Carnival. And it tells you Burley and his brother Hurley joined the carnival's youngsters. Burley and Hurley. Yes. yes. So it'll give you a background. Is there a mo? No. Oh. No. Seven. Larry Curley. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, so it'll give you their background, their alignment, a personality trait. So basically, this is the same as your PCs, right? A personality trait, an ideal, a bond, and a flaw. Okay. So his personality trait is I treat my brain like a muscle and try to keep it strong. For a bugbear, he's an intellectual bugbear. Okay. His ideal is I keep the peace. I don't advocate violence. I'm just doing my job. Again, a bugbear. Hmm. Yeah, okay. His bond. After my brother disappeared, everyone in the carnival was so nice to me. I look out for them. And his flaw is sometimes I forget my own strength and accidentally break things, especially fragile things. <laughs> so there you go. Just really short. And we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. We got a lot. They're about a dozen pages or so. Just by note, these NPC cards are in alphabetical order, not in order that you'll meet them. There's a clown named Thacko. Thacko the Clown. <laughs> One second. I, I need to see this as someone who. This is a shout out to Alexander and other Skip Davis, who is our like second edition. Second edition. First edition. Fan. There's a guy named Thacko, which I prefer not to talk when I must. I say as little as possible. Everyone should mind their own damn business. My bubble pipe, if anyone touches it, they lose a finger. It has his bond and flaw. This guy works at the carnival. Yes. Flaw. I can't stand children. They're like little cockroaches. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's a bit, this is a clown yes yes he is yep. yeah this is hilarious yeah so lots of good little npcs but how nice is that to actually have like a little card that you can flip to next is going to be stage frights uh lines so uh during that whole performing that play yes you'll have the option to be like fed lines right this gives you some options excellent to be fed lines and then finally the story tracker it gives you the location of the unicorn horn how that'll play out as well as the lost things adventure hooks so okay. each of your characters will have a lost thing that's right um and then gives you location and uh what happened at the events like notes Perfect. in each of the hither thither and yawns there is a prismere guide Right. So there's an NPC that you find to guide you, and you can see if you find them right. here, and there you mark it off. Perfect. Right? So Clapper Call the Scarecrow, Squirt the Oil Can, mm-hmm. or Amador the Dandelion are the guides. Perfect. Okay, so very last thing in this book is, of course, the map comes with all of them. It's a double-sided map. On one side, you have a map of the Witchlight Carnival. Um, including where everything is, the staff area, the Hall of Illusions, the Bubble Pop Teapot. It gives you a guide for how many hours has passed since your players walk into it. Right, which we discussed at the beginning, right? There are key moments that happen. Yeah, so this is a very usable map. Yes. Right? There is a attitude marker as well, which which has the face, uh, the face of Mr. Light on it. And then on the other side, you have the Domain of Prismere. Which is your Feywild thing. It has a scale in miles mm-hmm. at the bottom. So it gives you... This is not... These aren't lo- large places. No, they're not very large at all. No. But being Fey, they're going to be twisty, turny, oh, curvy, yeah. and... Yeah. I mean, as as the crow flies, that's going to be three hours. But otherwise... Okay, man. I'm, I'm loving every minute of this. There's a weird, like, orky Fey creature here with mm-hmm. a weird hat. A sleeping dragon... This has got all sorts of whimsy to it, all sorts of... Um, it's absolutely beautiful yeah, art. Absolutely beautiful. That's going up on the wall as soon as I, I can. 
So, Bradley, let's grab our dice, orange and blue. Let's roll initiative, and then we'll answer some questions about the book. Perfect. I got a seven. I got a nine. So, Brad, what are your overall impressions on the book? Overall impressions, I think it had enough of what I wanted as far as... Fae? Fae and monsters. I was really surprised and impressed by Tasha being such a big part of the book. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that gives a lot of promise and a lot of depth to the book that I didn't expect. Honestly, it's basically what I expected from... It is. I mean, uh, the one thing I didn't, I would note is there's a lot of embracing of the social and exploration tiers of the game. Yeah, we didn't really notice any combat encounters. I mean, there, of course, there's going going to to be combat encounters, but like... Usually there's a couple additional battle maps. There's something yes. like that. There, it like no. per area, there's one, maybe two battle maps. Right? Yeah, not yeah. You got the maps of the castles, but even that's not really battle maps. I think there was one battle map in the whole book. No, no, no. Each of the castles is going to be a battle. I guess map, if we can right? count but, it in that. It's more for exploration, though. It is. It it feels more social bend. So yes. I like it. I, I really do. It it doesn't seem to have the uh, heavy. Focus division that other adventure paths have had. They seem to have really refined their process with this. There are a couple character rule option things that I'm not a huge fan of, like the removal of ASIs. ASIs Um, are a good plot, especially with Tasha's and giving you the option to customize anyways. Oh, you're talking about the actual. I see. Yeah, right. Like, uh, I want to at least have that. I I do come from a 3.5. I do come from a Pathfinder that are very mechanical systems. I get that. But there, in my opinion, there is such a thing as too little rules. Yes. Right? And D&D 5e is a fantastically built system. I love it. This is not a critique of the system at all. But they're definitely going towards a more uh, free-form role-playing. Yes. And this shows it. Absolutely. Uh, Did you note that the monsters in this book had alignments? Yes, they did. They did. They did have alignments, yes. Which they didn't in Candlekeep. Alignment may not be dead. It may not be. That makes me happy. Okay. Uh, okay, Brad, what grade are you giving this book? That's a tough one. N- let's let's sit back. Yes. This is an adventure path. This is an adventure path. Okay. In the vacuum of adventure paths produced for D&D 5e by Wizards of the Coast, what's your letter grade? This is one of the better ones in my opinion. I agree. So I'm going to give this probably a B plus. The, the, I think there's room for improvement, but it's it's a good book. It's the Feywild. It have is. some fun combat, right? Yes. Like have some unique combat encounters. Again, we we didn't dive too deep. No, there, we didn't. There, there is going to be, be some fun there. combat in there. Yeah. But again, with a lot of fairy, a lot of the Fey, if you are having a fight with them, you've gone the wrong path. Yes, you did right? something that you shouldn't have done. Personally, I'm going to give this book a... I'm going to give it a, a B, just a straight B, not a B plus. Um, this book is... Uh, one of the better adventure paths. Mm-hmm. It's definitely, in my opinion, better than the OG three, right? Yes. Like the, the the ones that were created way back when. Um, in terms of like judging this against Icewind Dale, there's a lot in this book you could pull out for your homebrew campaigns, including the carnival, yes. and not including the carnival. There's a lot you could pull out for your Absolutely. homebrew campaigns, yep. right? So, um, I would find this book far more useful for a DM, even if you don't plan on using it. Very much so, yes. Like, if you don't plan on going through the plot... As a DM, this is almost a must-grab. Uh, right? Like, it's not one well, of the first actually, ones you grab, but fine. if you've been... That, you know what? You, you broke the seal on this oh, one. Yeah. When should someone add this to their library? If you're a first-time DM and you just want to run a module, I say yes. This is one of the ones first ones I it's, would grab. It's got such a heavy focus on social and exploration. Yeah. I would... 
I I don't know, man. I disagree. I, I a like, lot of this game is built towards combat and fighting. That and whole section with the the whole section with the new DM that's true. really that's true. That is in there. like it, it's guided towards it. Um, that said, if you are homebrewing and you want to do anything Feywild or you want to Carnival, this is a must grab. Yeah, um, you are grabbing this book. I think around the same. No, what you're grabbing this book after Van Richten's. Because you could apply a lot of the concepts in Van Richten's to yes, the Feywild. Okay. That's fair. I would say as a DM, if you were a DM that does not purchase adventure paths, purchase this adventure path. Yes, this is one of the ones you should yeah, purchase because um, there's enough to pull out. But yeah, this is this isn't one of the top five. Books, I mean, it's not right? a monster manual, it's not a DM guide, it's not it's got some fun monsters in it's it. It's got it does. Like it does, but it's none of those books, right? You're gonna get all those first as yeah. a DM. You should be getting those first. And Van Richten is kind of a, it's a weird book in the fact but that it's, it's a DM helper. It, so it, if exactly. you're a DM, get it. If you're a player, don't buy this no, book. No, do not buy this book as a player. Um, I mean, it's, this is one of those, hey DM, I was looking at this article of the Fey Lost background. Yes. Can I reference your book to? Exactly. Right. Um, if you do, however, want to play and have fun in the Feywild, buy this book. Yes. I'd put it top 10. Yep. I would definitely put it above most of the adventure paths. Yeah. Um, like you said, you mentioned Icewind Dale. That's an excellent adventure path. Uh, no, I would, put two... it, I would put it above Icewind I would... Dale. I would put it behind uh, Curse of Strahd. And See, I, I would, care not for Curse of Strahd. And I would put it behind Avernus. Okay. Just because the the city that they built of Baldur's Gate as a DM, in, yes, in, in Avernus is in ca- like far more useful than Absolutely. a fully fleshed out and fun carnival. Agreed. Right. So get this: Avernus is going to be a better book. So yes. um, once you've bought your core three and you have your Xanathars and your Tashes, yeah, and are looking, okay, what's ne- and you have your Volos and your Mordekainens, and you're like, what do I get next? Really picking one of Curse of Strahd. Uh, Avernus. Van Richten's Avernus or this. Yeah. They're all kind of in that same realm for me. Okay. I'd agree with that statement. Cool. Final thoughts. Did this live up to your expectations? Did, is there anything you feel was glaringly missing in this book? I didn't have any glaring omissions. No. Um, little things like you mentioned the combat that would be nice to have a little bit more, maybe some more battle, like actual battle maps that you could pull out for region, right? Yeah. Like actual, Feywild battle maps would have been nice. Yeah, right. And ones that ones that played with the fact that the the trees are more intelligent and more aware, yeah. and like that there's weird fairy aspects, and like it, there is a like world transforming. Yes, there right? is. It's the a Feywild living world is a around living, you, living physically living world. So I want to see combats that embrace that. Yeah, agreed. Okay? Yeah, but honestly, no. This book kind of met my expectations. So okay, so light on combat. Yep. Great on social. I mean, you get to play a play. Yes. You right. Do. Great on exploration. Great on, on whimsy and carnival. Low on combat. Low on, I wouldn't even say low on intrigue because there's no, all this. Lots of intrigue. Yeah. yeah. So I like it. I really do. Yeah. So guys, that will be it for this episode on The Wild Beyond the Witch Light. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube, as well as dozens of other podcast apps. You can also email us at info at or head over to www.itsamimic.com and support us by hitting that shiny, lovely, beautiful donate button. Or buy some fun merch. Um, there, we got a bunch of stickers and stuff up there right stickers now. Stickers are great. fun. Mugs yeah. are fun. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the It's a Mimic podcast. Make sure to check back regularly for more Legend Lore episodes. 
We cover the new releases as they happen, as well as some of the previously published books in 5th edition. Daniel and Bradley, a B and a B plus? For shame, you fickle tadpoles. With a story tracker, a jabberwock, and a vorpal sword, the scarecrow oil can, and a dandelion as your guides, this book has every little trope your heart desires. There are entirely too many words, though, and not enough impressionistic musical notations but that just takes it from a teal to a maroon, and most snuckwoggles will agree. It's a must-have for me, and I dare say for you, but I wouldn't trade for it unless the infant I'm giving up has particularly smallish ears. In a marketplace, make certain that you don't spend more than seven dewdrops on it, or you'll have more egg on your face than a Fomorian at a limbo contest. <laughs> Ta-ta for now! Why are you still here? <laughs> Did you misplace the doorway? <laughs> Good. <laughs>